March 2007. US contractor Bob Levinson, 60, vanishes from his hotel in Iran while on a work visit. Almost 14 years later, and after pleas from both the US government and Bob's family, the fate of Bob Levinson remains unknown. Sources for this episode include the BBC, CNN, The Washington Post, The New York Times, The Associated Press, HelpBobLevinson.com and Vice. Hi guys, welcome back to episode 73 of Unknown Passage, a podcast that tells the stories of those who have gone missing or have been murdered abroad or have been locked up abroad and that's what this week's episode will be. So before I get into this week's episode, um, I just want to say that if you guys are like doing it tough at the moment, I understand um, because I've lost a couple of clients I did last year and you know at the moment as of today it looks like I'll be losing kind of my major client who is based in the United States and is a travel client and pays most of my bills Um, this is because of COVID obviously um, because tourism is just decimated and it's just like a really shitty time I'm not hugely upset at the moment because I don't know how it's going to go at the moment but you know it just sucks I don't really know what I'm supposed to do (laughs) at the moment but if you guys have any ideas let me know I'm a copywriter which I've said on a previous episode and while I do love doing that I'm kind of looking at doing something different for a while and I don't really know what that will be so yeah but with that being said I want to thank patrons um, who are current patrons to this it's so helpful just you know at the start of the month to have that little bit of money left so to kind of cash out so thank you so much and if you guys want to become a patron um i would love to do this full time but i think that would take a long time to get enough patrons to do that um you can do that through the website at unknownpassagepodcast.com or you can do it at Patreon, if you've got the app for Patreon, just search for Unknown Passage Podcast. Um, and there's different tiers, you know, you can pretty much give, I just saw whatever you want. Um, so thank you so much to current patrons. Now, I hope you guys have been going well. I've been rewatching Breaking Bad. <laughs> um, I never really watch anything anymore, but I just started thinking about it recently when I was talking to Mark about something. And about five days ago, I decided to start rewatching it. I watched it when it was on. My brother watched it the first season when it was on a really random channel here and it wasn't really big. And he used to say, this show is amazing. Ultimately, it ended up becoming, you know, the cult hit that it is. But it's just, as a writer, to watch a show like that is so incredible. Um, If you've seen the show, you know, even just supporting characters like Mike or Gus or, you know, Skylar or anything, you know, they're so amazing. And I've been thinking a lot about why shows kind of jump the shark, as they put it. Um, And I think it's because they don't know where it's going to go and where the show is going to go. And Breaking Bad is one of the ones where they knew where it was going to go from the beginning and they kind of outlined all the episodes. So if you haven't seen it, you know, um, definitely do it because it's just an incredible show and there's very little incredible shows anymore um, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Now, um, I've decided to release episodes of this show on Tuesdays. I kind of have just been releasing them whenever. It's usually six or seven days between them. Um, But I've decided to do it Tuesdays. Today is Tuesday. It's Tuesday night in Australia where I'm recording this. Um, It's a... I've just decided to do it because to have a little bit of consistency and, you know, regularity. I have so many shows that I listen to that are released on Wednesdays and Mondays. So maybe Tuesdays will give you guys something, you know, to look forward to. So let's do it on Tuesdays from now on. Now, for this episode, this is a Patreon request for listener Alan, who's been really helpful on previous episodes. And he's from Ireland or Ireland, as they say. Um, Now, when Ellen requested a couple of locations, because when you become a patron, you get to choose a location for an upcoming episode, Iran was one of them. Um, and I decided kind of immediately to do a story that I'm not doing this week. <laughs> um, so just because of things in my life, it's really complex. The case that I wanted to do at the end of the last episode, I kind of hinted at it. Um, I wanted to kind of do a case that I knew better, which I which is how I decided to do Bob Levinson's case. The other case I will do at some point. There's just so much reading to be done. There is a movie that I love that it's based on. Um, so 
yeah, I just want to read a couple of books and things. So hopefully at some point, if you got the hint what it is, I will do that. Um, so this is another Locked Up Abroad episode and next week will be as well. Um, you know, we're now doing missing people, murdered people overseas, solved, unsolved fugitives and those who have been locked up abroad. But Bob's case is a little bit iffy, um, what you believe happened to him. I heard about it first about four or five years ago. By that point, Bob had been, you know, detained for probably nine years and I'd never heard of it. I'm guessing Americans had probably heard of it more. And his case really touched me in the sense that he just seemed to be a really lovely man, a real gentleman and really close to his family. And if he really was alive as long as they think he was, I often kind of think about what they think about when they're detained, what keeps them going, things like that. Um, and I just get such a good vibe from Bob's pictures with his family. Um, so I really wanted to tell his story. Now, there was another case I was going to do, but it's recently wrapped up. It's another locked up abroad with an Australian woman. Too much shit has been said about her really nasty stuff. So I'm just going to leave her at the moment to kind of chill without her name. Another kind of hat being tossed in the ring. Now, Bob, if you believe that he was alive up until, you know, last year or the year before, Bob Levinson would have been the longest held hostage um, in the Middle East, which is a terrible thought to think about. Um, and his story had somewhat of a conclusion last year under Donald Trump, if, if you believe that that's the case. At least he got some answers for the family and they had been trying to get answers for, you know, now 14 years. Um, so... I don't really know how to begin, so let's just get into the case of Bob Levinson. Robert Allen Levinson was born on March 10th, 1948 in Flushing, New York, which I know from the nanny is in Queens. Now, he went by Bob, so that's how I'll refer to him throughout this episode. And at the time he went missing, he was 58. But I did notice when I was researching this that his, he went missing on March 9th and his birthday was on March 10th. So actually the day after he was probably abducted, he would have turned 59, which is just another horrible thing to think. Now, I don't have the day-to-day -day on Bob, obviously, but we know that he was happily married to his wife, Christine, of a number of decades, and he was so close to his family. They actually had seven children, so they were Dan, Sarah, Stephanie, David, Susan, Doug, and Samantha. Now, Bob attended New York University, and from what I can find, he graduated from there in 1970. He was probably a mild-mannered man from all accounts. Um, he just looks like a big teddy bear. He's a big guy um, with a bit of a big gut. Um, I don't know how tall he was, but he looks ginormous, so maybe 6'3". He had grey hair and a big moustache and glasses when he went missing, and he just really looked like, you know, a nice man. His youngest daughter, Samantha, would later say um, at court proceedings, she was 16 when he vanished and she was almost 30 by the time she said this. She would later say, quote, I hit the dad jackpot, unquote. Now, the family lived in Coral Springs, Florida, which is not that far from Fort Lauderdale. Um, and I actually noticed that they have a website that's pretty old now, um, but it's a good source for heaps of photos of Bob and his family and just to make him appear human, because when we hear these stories, we forget that these are real people um, with real families. And I also noticed that they had a YouTube channel, which is still up, um, and I went through the different ones. So it has the proof of life video, all of those important things, but it also had a voicemail that I listened to, which made me quite emotional. Um, so there was a voicemail from two months before Bob went missing when he was, he says on the voicemail he was flying to London, then flying home. So he was away on business at the time, which we'll get into. and. He had some good news that he'd heard about one of his daughters. I believe it was Samantha. So he rang her, but he got her voicemail. So he left a voicemail and luckily um, she had held on to this. So when he went missing, she had this really nice voicemail to listen to from her dad. Um, so I just thought I'd play that to you to get an idea of, you know, Bob's voice and how he sounds and um, all of that. Hey Steph, this is your dad. It's about uh, 12.45 uh uh, so it's kind of the middle of the night. Uh, I uh, just called to mom, and she told me that Randy got the job, and I'm very, very happy for him and for you. I uh, tried to get Randy on his cell phone and leave a message, but it would not allow me to leave a message. 
and I want to talk to you, but I'm getting your voice now. Just, number one, no, I love you guys, and I'm too, I'm very proud of Randy Pickett. Uh, I'm proud of him anyway, but I'm very happy for him and for you. And uh, please leave some cheeks uh, for the, the grandpa to eat uh, off the little baby. So uh, be good. No, I was thinking of you here, but I'm off to London in about three hours. So uh, I'll be home on Saturday. Again, congratulations to Randy. I'm going to try to leave members of the living room and she would allow me to. So thinking of him and, and you and uh, the little baby. If you couldn't understand what Bob was saying, he was just saying, he was ringing his daughter Stephanie. Um, he says, hi Steph. He basically congratulates her on getting a job. He then goes into a very dad kind of way, how they take up voicemail space, explaining how they couldn't leave a voicemail for someone else. Um, and then he, I think he's referring to his grandchild of another one of his kids. Um, he had a grandchild or two by that point. Um, he basically says, kisses you know to the baby as well he reminded me a lot of my dad because i think all dads leave the time that they're leaving a voicemail not that your phone won't tell you my dad always rings and he he's a pretty serious guy <laughs> um he doesn't sound like bob um but my dad rings up and goes felicity and then he says the exact time he's leaving a voicemail which all my friends have always made fun of so he says felicity 7 42 p.m just ringing so yeah um, so according to the family's website, helpbobblevinson.com, Bob loved books and obviously he loved travel as we get into his knowledge of different countries. Um, and he was a true family man. He loved all his seven kids and his grandchildren. Um, but Bob suffered from type 1 diabetes, which is the one that you generally develop when you're quite young. It's not the one that, you know, you develop due to your lifestyle. Um, gout, which is something my dad suffers with. It's inflammation of the joints, which is generally in the feet. It's extremely painful um, and high blood pressure as well. Um, so these are all things that you have to take into account. When Bob was abducted, he wouldn't have had enough medication for any of these things and type 1 diabetes is you need to have daily you know insulin injections and things like that now despite his softy looks bob levinson was a man with a very interesting and complex work history it's really interesting to kind of compare how he looks um, to how he worked. So he worked for the DEA for a time, which is in Breaking Bad. Um, it's the Drug Enforcement Agency, which Hank works for. Um, and then he worked for a number of decades for the FBI. Um, he retired from that in 1998 and he became self-employed as a private investigator. Doesn't really go too much into what kind of private investigator, but I generally think that he was contracted out to work different jobs for the government as a consultant. That's why I think. Now, Bob's specialty in his private investigations was Russian organized crime. Um, so the Russian mafia, basically. And he was even interviewed on a number of documentaries, which I haven't seen, I haven't been able to find, um, to discuss this topic because he was so well read on it. So if he's into, you know, Russian organized crime and that's his main area of expertise, why are we going to Iran for this episode? Now, we know now, and I didn't know how to kind of approach this episode. I didn't want to, I wasn't sure whether to not tell you that he was working for the CIA at the time and tell you as a surprise or just go through, you know, saying at the start that he was. So I'm just going to say that we know now that Bob, when he disappeared in Iran in March 2007, he was on a secret mission for the CIA. Now, to this day, we don't know exactly what this was, but we know that he was and they continued to lie for many years that he wasn't and pretty much offer no help in finding Bob which is one of the things that's really going to you know grind my gears in this episode. Now this information was only uncovered by the Associated Press in 2010 I believe but the CIA basically threatened them to keep quiet so this information wasn't released until 2013. So let's go back to Bob. He was working as a private you know investigator and in 2006 he was hired as a contractor by the CIA. Now from all I can find and it said on CNN he was just doing little jobs where he wasn't traveling much but we don't know because it is an intelligence agency that's incredibly you know um, tight-lipped. We don't really know what people are doing when they're on working for them but Bob was hired ultimately um, I think the year before he 
went to Iran by a CIA analyst. Her name was Anne Jablonski, and we know all this because the Associated Press actually did some journalism, figured all this out. Um, this woman was also a specialised Russian organised crime, you know, auteur. So she really wasn't someone like Bob who knew a lot about what was going on in Iran um, and how dangerous it is. Now, he was on an unauthorized intelligence gathering mission about the Iranian government um, for the US government when he vanished. And that's pretty much all we know. But Bob told his family and told people that he met in Iran that he was there for something else because, you know, he had to be tight lipped about what he was doing. Um, now, the night before Bob was due to leave for Iran, um, according to the Washington Post, which kind of went through later court cases in regards to the family suing Iran and suing the CIA, um, his youngest son, Douglas, who was, I think, only 13 at the time he vanished, he watched Bob pack. Um, and all he knew at 13 was that the Middle East was an incredibly dangerous place and that he was worried about his dad going. He said in 2019, quote, I was worried something would happen to him, unquote, and it did, unquote. But Bob wasn't to know this because he wasn't an expert in what was going on in Iran. He probably only knew, you know, on face value what was going on. And he was also working for the CIA. So he probably thought that if anything went bad, he would be able to be pulled out pretty quickly. So he flew off to a place in Iran called Kish Island, which is actually a tourist destination in the Persian Gulf, believe it or not. They're really trying to push this um, like people would go on holidays to Iran. Um, but it's also on top of that, like many of these tourist destinations, one of the biggest strongholds of organized crime in Iran. It is also a trade free zone, which means that Americans and the UK, I looked this up, Americans and Brits need a visa to enter um, Iran generally. But this part, Kish Island, is a trade-free zone, which means that you don't need a visa to enter. So it's more likely easier to go, you know, covert. So this is where I'm going to talk a little bit about Iran. I was thinking about the person who left the review that said they didn't want to hear about the countries. And I think you can understand why that is fucking insane um, and really small minded. And I presume that that person hasn't gone beyond, you know, their trailer, um, probably in the backwoods of somewhere shitty um, to kind of understand a little bit about the country. But how would I tell the story of Bob Levinson without talking about Iran? Kind of take, for instance, if someone's never heard of Iran and I just say this guy went there and he vanished. How would this person have any kind of depth of knowledge of this place? So those are reviews. I mean, you've got to feel sorry for these people. So this is where I'm going to talk about this country of Iran. Now, Iran is also known as Persia, but it's also known as the Islamic Republic of Iran. Um, it is a Middle Eastern country and the population is 83 million people, which is it's actually quite a large country. Um, it's one of the largest kind of dense, like... Um, land masses in the world. It's located in Western Asia um, and its climate is mostly desert, very warm. Now, it's bordered to the northwest by Armenia and Azerbaijan. Um, the Caspian Sea is to the north, Turkmenistan is to the northeast and Afghanistan is to the east, which you can understand why this is a very kind of precarious place to visit. Pakistan is to the southeast. Um, the Persian Gulf is to the south. Um, the Gulf of Iman is also to the south. And the west is Turkey and Iran, Iraq, sorry, but it's not it's not a landlocked country because where we're going for Bob is actually like a beach area. Now almost the entire sorry, Yoko sneezing. Um, almost the entire population of Iran, I think 95% is Muslim. And it is one of the oldest countries in the world, um, dating back a lot further than other countries. But from my memory with facts, I think Syria is one of the oldest or the oldest in the world. But Iran actually has the youngest population. It's much like Cambodia, where I used to teach English. It's the most of the population is under 30 years old. Now, Iran is one of the world's biggest oil producers, which makes it, you know, a terrorism hotspot and religion rules life here. There is a president, um, but on top of him, there's a supreme leader of Iran, um, which is referred to as the Ayatollah. Now, this is the highest religious figure and pretty much anything he says goes. So the president is essentially like a figurehead. Um, the current 
Ayatollah is Ali Khamenei, um, who basically issues decrees for religion, foreign policy, environment, education, everything, um, and what he says goes. Now, if you go to Iran, you actually often have to take cash and you have to take it in their currency because you often can't get money out of ATMs there and you can't um, exchange money for another currency because there's often sanctions from other countries on Iran. Um, So as a result of the fact that you're probably carrying tons of money, Iran is ripe for street crime. Um, Now, Iran is a country in the Middle East that is today most commonly known as a dangerous place. It has a almost constant level red do not travel um, State Department issue as well as, you know, um, our, what's ours called in Australia? Oh, um, DFAT, the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. But as with many of these countries, um, it wasn't always the shithole that it is today. And I'm actually saying that because when these Ayatollahs and the Taliban come in and push them centuries back, it does become a shithole. Back in the 70s and 80s, Iran, much like much of the Middle East, was a backpacking hotspot. Alcohol flowed, women wore short skirts. Um, It was all, you know, very modern. And a lot of people back then, instead of traveling to Thailand or Vietnam or Cambodia, backpacking around Asia, they often backpacked around Western Asia. Um, I know this because my ex-boyfriend in England was from Afghanistan. He was born there. They escaped because, you know, the Taliban came in. Um, And he used to show me pictures of his mum, who was once a flight attendant in these short skirts. And um, it was all very modern and things like that. And people, you know, eating and drinking at these outdoor cafes. But then the Taliban came in and it went backwards very quickly. Iran was much the same. Once upon a time, it was run by the Shah, which was the monarchy of Iran. Now, in 1979, there was the Islamic Revolution, which is what the other case I was going to do is. Now, the Grand Ayatollah, who was Khomeini at the time, they seized power from the Shah of Iran, and Iran's party scene became almost non-existent. And flash forward a few decades, it's now the dangerous, you know, place that no one wants to travel to today. They introduced, you know, strict Islamic law um, where women must cover their heads. Um, They can't, like in Saudi Arabia, keep company with men that they're not related to in the same room. Um, The Western CDs and films are illegal. Um, YouTube, Facebook and Twitter is blocked. But despite that, the president, the current president of Iran has almost one million followers on Twitter, which is near impossible if you can add up because no one in Iran is allowed to access Twitter. The Ayatollah also has Twitter, where he often says that he's going to bomb other countries, which is the point that Trump was trying to make when he was removed from Twitter. Why is the Ayatollah allowed to have a Twitter then? Now, if you feel like dancing in Iran, that's too bad because there's no dancing allowed in Iran. It's much like the town in Footloose. If you hold hands with your partner... Um, even if you're married or you kiss in public, you could end up in jail getting lashings. Um, you can't discuss politics because, after all, the Ayatollah is God here. You cannot shake hands with members of the opposite sex in public. That will land you in jail. And Muslim men, of course, are allowed for wives in this dystopian nightmare. Lashings are a common punishment here, with a hundred lashings considered a normal thing for adultery, um, or women having a boyfriend when they're not allowed to, or even a group of men and women hanging out in the same room. Public executions, like in the Middle Ages, are both a form of entertainment um, and a way to teach the masses to obey, and that includes, you know, public hangings, stoning to death, that kind of monstrosity. Um, If there's a protest like there was in 2019 in Iran, Iran simply shuts down the internet so that no one um, can organise any protests and then arrests everyone. In fact, Amnesty International has a massive write-up that you can read each year um, on basically the fact that there are no human rights in Iran. Now, the terrorist group Hamas, which always makes me think of Borat with Hamas, Hamas is funded mostly by Iran. Um, So I just want to say that because as we get into how much money Barack Obama sent to Iran, I want you to keep that in mind that most of that goes to Hamas. 
Um, there are some pretty parts of Iran and some great food and sights to see, but that's really not enough for someone to go and backpack there. And I don't even think you can backpack there because just a couple of years ago, there was an Australian um, couple of bloggers who crossed through Iran on their travels and they sent up a drone and they ended up doing like six months in prison because they thought, you know, Iran instantly thinks that anyone sending a drone up is spying on them. Now, where Bob went missing from is a kind of different part of Iran and it runs very differently. It's called Kish Island, but most people refer to it as Kish. Now, back when the Shah of Iran, the monarchy, was in charge, they started making plans for a tourist resort in Iran for wealthy foreigners and Iranians to visit. I just realized that Americans say Iran, but most people say Iran, so I'm sorry if <laughs> it sounds weird to you. <clears throat> now, Kish Island is a dry destination like the rest of Iran. There's no alcohol, but from all accounts, I mean, it goes like under the table, I think. It is referred to as Iran's party island, and I read a really... Sh horrible like review by vice about this place where they went there and they just said it's a shithole there's beaches very liberal laws in comparison to the rest of iran but i really wouldn't trust that um, and it's classified as i said as a trade free zone you don't need a visa to enter there you don't pay taxes there um, and you can sing and dance if you wish to things you can't do in the rest of iran now on top of that i guess because of these relaxed liberal laws Kish Island is one of the top kidnapping spots in Iran. Um, they've tried to boost tourism here, but surprise, surprise, nobody showed up, as Vice put it. Um, now, I'm going to get into the disappearance of Bob, but to people who don't understand why I have to talk about the country, I mean, it goes without saying, all of that will play into, you need to understand this. I don't know how else to put it, but my loyal listeners understand that because they're not fucking idiots. So let's get into um, the disappearance of Bob. So Bob arrived in Kish Island, Iran. I can't actually tell you what date, and I think that's to do with the fact that he was working for the CIA. I have to presume he was there for probably a week because he was arrested on March 9th and you wouldn't just want to fly in and fly out of this place and, you know, raise suspicion or anything, but he entered using his US passport and he never left Iran because the passport was never used to exit Iran or enter anywhere else. Now, I don't know what Bob was doing because obviously he was working for the CIA, but while on Kish, one of the last things that he did was he met an American fugitive. This guy's story is quite interesting. His name's Dawood Salahuddin. Um, he was an American guy who basically killed a dipl an Iranian diplomat um, in 1980. He then fled to Iran. He converted to Islam and from 1980, he has lived in Iran in exile. Most people believe that this Dawood Salahuddin was Bob's source um, in Iran. I don't know if he had met him previously, but he was the last person to see Bob alive because he was basically arrested with Bob. Now, he says that when he met Bob, Bob's story to him was that he was investigating cigarette smuggling in the Gulf. Um, and basically right after their meeting they were detained by Iranian security forces. He was officially the last person to see Bob alive on March 9th 2007 and this was the day before Bob's birthday as I figured out. He would later tell the Christian Science Monitor that both he and Bob were detained by Iranian police on March 9th 2007. He said quote they took me away and when I left we were down in the lobby. Levinson was surrounded by four Iranian police Quote, so keep that in mind. After that, Bob then ceased to exist, you know, in the world. He vanished completely. Um, and to this day, effectively, he has. In 2019, at the court hearings, his youngest son, Douglas, who was worried about him going, he was then 13. And at the court hearings in 2019, he was 26. He read a letter that he wrote to Bob four days after Bob had went missing. This was when FBI agents who were now involved in his disappearance, you know, swept their home for clues. He wrote in the letter to his dad, quote, Hi, Daddy, I'm sitting in your den right now crying. Please come back home safe and sound. I love you, Daddy, so much. Please respond back. Please, Dad, I'm so scared. Please come home, unquote. Now, after that, for weeks, nobody heard anything. Um, and on April 4th, 2007, 
a very interesting thing happened, which I think plays into the answer to all of this. An article was released by the Iran state-run press TV, which pretty much says whatever the government wants it to say. So keep that in mind. And I'm going to read that to you and then tell you why this is so important. This article said, quote, that Bob Levinson, quote, has been in the hands of Iranian security forces since the early hours of March 9th, and authorities are well on the way to finishing the procedural arrangements that could see him freed in a matter of days, unquote. So this is state-run TV. So this is telling you what the Iranian state wants you to believe. They are confirming that he was arrested and he was well on the way to being freed. This is an incredibly important thing because as we get into the case, we will find that they never ever explain how this press TV had this information because the Iranian government would consistently say for years, decades at this point, that they had never heard of Bob Levinson. So my belief is that they knew that they had him and they had him early and then something happened. So keep that in mind. Now, the same article went on to talk about Bob Levinson's trip to Kish Island and said it was, quote, purely of a private businessman looking to make contact with persons who could help him make representations to official Iranian bodies responsible for suppressing trade in pirated products, which is a major concern of the, his company, unquote. So this article is saying what Bob's cover story was. So keep that in mind. Now, the US government for years would firmly deny that Bob was employed by the CIA at the time of his disappearance. So they were not looking for him. Instead, they said, you know, um, that and we know now that he disappeared in Iran in 2007, um, that he we do know that he was on a secret mission for the CIA. Three months almost after Bob went missing in Iran. You, then US President George W. Bush said on June 1st, 2007, that he was disturbed by Iran's refusal to provide any information on Levinson. He said, quote, I call on Iran's leaders to tell us what, what they know about his whereabouts, unquote. And then the entire year went by with just nothing. You can imagine how his seven children and his wife felt. But his wife, Christine, was not fucking around. And despite the State Department telling her that it was extremely dangerous for her to go to Iran, in December 2007, the same year that Bob went missing, Christine and her eldest son, Dan, um, with Bob, flew to Iran to get answers from the government. They met with Iranian officials in the capital, Tehran, and then they traveled to Robert's, you know, Bob's hotel on Kish Island, which was called the Hotel Mariam. Airport officials also allowed Christine and Dan to look at flight manifests of passengers who had flown out of Kish Island during the time that Bob was due to leave because they were kind of like, well, he probably left and he's gone somewhere else. But his name was not on any of the lists of passengers provided in the time that Bob, you know, for a time after he disappeared. They were also able to view Bob's signature um, from the hotel checkout bill on March 9th, the day he went missing, which indicates that he checked out and then he went to meet um, Dawood, which, you know, was he changing hotels? I do not know, but pretty much this was his signature, I believe, and they've never said that it wasn't. Now, Iranian officials said that they would do a full investigation into this for Bob's family, but 2021, they still have not. Surprise, surprise. Now... In 2008, the CIA agents who had hired Bob, who were not, you know, um, it would turn out, were not authorized to do so and had fucked up, you know, in sending him on the mission and basically hadn't vetted it accordingly, they were forced to turn in early resignations and seven other people were disciplined. But, you know, by this point, Bob's been missing for a year. Also in 2008, according to CNN um, and most sources, the CIA paid the Levinson family about 2.5 million US dollars basically to get them to stay silent, to not start a lawsuit against the CIA. People who do that, you know, like the CIA, I mean, they've got something to hide. Now, in a 2008 interview with NBC, um, the then president of Iran, um, Ahmadinejad, I think I've said that right. There used to be a cricketer with a name like that. He was questioned on NBC about Bob Levinson's disappearance, which had happened the year before. He said, quote, 
There was a claim made some time ago. Some people came over. The gentleman's family came over. They talked and met with our officials and were given our responses. I see no reason for a person who was given an Iranian visa and came into Iran, arrived in Iran through official channels to have problems here. Our security officials and agents have expressed their willingness to assist the FBI if the FBI has any information about his travels around the world. We have said that we are ready to help to assist with the matter. There are certain informations that only the FBI at the moment has. I'm not an expert in the field, as you might appreciate, so I'm not going to make a judgment here whether that information, as they say, is true and only held by the FBI or other parties for that matter. And that would kick off pretty much like 13 years of them denying that they knew where Bob was. Now, I want to get you to think back to that press, you know, state-run um, press TV in Iran who had all that information fed from the government early on that they had Bob at the time and now they're saying that they don't. This is something that I find people don't seem to question in this. They don't seem to put the pieces together and I thought I was going mad. That They're saying that they had him and then they're not. Um, yeah, there's just not enough ger- real journalism going on in this. So basically the family for number of years would not be able to see Bob, know if he was alive or know what was going on. And the investigation, as much as it existed, not much would go on. Um, So this rolled into the Obama administration and the secretary, then secretary of state, Hillary Clinton, said that she believed that um, Bob was being held, quote, somewhere in Southwest Asia, unquote. Now, In December 2011, um, the family would release something that could have blow the lid off the Bob Levinson case. Many believe that he had been killed immediately as soon as he was arrested, but the family released a proof of life video that they had received a year before in November 2010. They released this in 2011. Basically, the reason for the delay in releasing it was, I think, the White House and the CIA again. Now, this is a proof of life video that they were sent, which indicates that Bob was alive. Now, in my belief, you don't know if Bob was alive at the time that this was sent. Um, This is something that I think about a lot, but a lot of people don't seem to question. This could have been filmed, you know, in 2008, 2009. It doesn't mean that it was filmed, you know, the day before they received it in 2010. Um, But Bob is alive in it, but he's not holding up, you know, a newspaper, so we don't know when it was. In the video, Bob Levinson says, quote, I've been treated well and I need the help of the United States government to answer the questions of the group that have held me here for three and a half years. Please get me home. 33 years of service to the United States deserve something. Please help me, unquote. And he says a little bit more about his family. Now, I'm going to play you this video. Um, you can watch it online, obviously, to see Bob. He looks relatively healthy. He's been gone for three and a half years, but he doesn't have a crazy beard at this point. So you have to presume that he's been shaving. I think a lot about this case and that a lot of people have the timeline wrong. Um, I'm not an expert or anything, but a part of me thinks that this wasn't filmed in 2010, which a lot of people don't bring up. So I'm going to play you this. But at the start of it, the mum, Christine, and the eldest son, Dan, I believe, speak And they're saying that they've released the proof of life video um, and they're releasing it, but they're saying that they've responded to the people who sent it to them via email. They never got a response. And this is one of the things that continues to go on through this case. When you get abducted, it's generally people are immediately asking for a ransom or something. With Bob's case, there was never any demand for anything from the United States. It's all really strange. So I'm going to play you this. So Dan and Christine talk at the start and then the proof of life video is in the middle so wait for that and then they wrap it up at the end my name is david levinson and i'm speaking on behalf of my mother christine levinson and my entire family i am making a plea to the people that are holding my father my mother has received your messages please tell us your demands so we can work together to bring my father home safely thank you for taking care of my father and for continuing to provide him with the care and medical treatment he needs to stay alive. My father is a loving and caring man who has always worked hard to provide for his family. He is a father of seven children, a dear husband, a grandfather of two beautiful children, and the pillar of our family. We are not part of any government, and we are not experts on the region. 
No one can help us but you. Please help us. We tried to contact you, but you never responded. I am sending this message because we need to know what you want our family to do so that my father can come home safely. We will do everything within our power to bring him home. I don't know how else to communicate with you, but my father knows how to contact us. We don't know what else to do. Please tell us what you want and please help us bring my father home. This is the video we received from you. This video was a comfort to the family because it shows us that my father is alive and that he looks healthy. For my beautiful, my loving, my loyal wife, Christine, and my children, and my grandson, and also for the United States government. I have been held here for three and a half years. I am not in very good health. I am running very quickly out of diabetes medicine. I have been treated well, but I need the help of the United States government to answer the requests of the group that has held me for three and a half years. And please help me get home. 33 years of service to the United States deserves something. Please help me. Bob, I will continue to do everything I can to bring you home alive. All I want is for our family to be whole again. We love you. We miss you every day. We will not abandon you. Now, I think it's worth probably going and watching the Proof of Life video. Um, it's on the Help Bob Levinson family page, or you can just Google it on YouTube, I guess. Um, so I think this is important for a timeline to kind of outline how Bob looks. Um, so Bob says a couple of times in it that he's been there three and a half years, which is kind of a warning sign to me that they're telling him to say that he's been there for an amount of time that I, I don't think that he was there for. But physically, Bob has lost tons of weight. If you look at the pictures of him before and after, he's not anorexic or anything. He, it's weird. He's been there for three and a half years and he doesn't have much of a beard and his moustache is kind of not there. Um, he's not wearing his glasses. He It's hard to tell about his body because he's wearing like a big kind of billowy white shirt that they've probably given him. Um, but the later photos that they would be sent of him not very long after he looks like a very different bob which i'll get into in a minute um now it was only now years after bob vanished that the fbi finally offered a reward for bob which was one million dollars at the time this was a reward leading to his safe return now in 2011 so the following year almost four years after bob's disappearance more photos were sent to his family just photos no video so the family said that they had them since 2010 and the proof of life video they said they had since 2010 as well so this is a very confusing thing to me the timeline because bob looks like a different person to in the proof of life video and we have to presume that these happened over six months so in these photos they're they're bad and i've put one of them as the episode photo for those who listen on spotify Bob is in an orange jumpsuit. Um, he is carrying, there's a few photos, and in each one he's carrying a piece of paper that has a different message to back home to America. You can tell from the grammar of these that it's written or printed by someone who doesn't speak English as a first language, um, and Bob probably hasn't helped in the matter. He's wearing an orange jumpsuit. He's got kind of chains around him. Um, he's got a massive beard, like huge his pallor is really bad. It's pretty much yellow, which I think is probably indicating advanced type 1 diabetes with no medication. His hair is grown out. Um, his kind of chest is extremely skinny. Um, they're incredibly kind of confronting pictures if you compare the old pictures of Bob. So in one of them, it says, help me. The picture, the piece of paper is holding. It's printed like on a piece on a printer. Then it says, why you cannot help me, which we know that Bob did not write. And then fourth year, you can't or you don't want, um, which we know is like broken English. So 
this is really complicated to me and I'm interested for you guys to kind of look at them, figure out the timeline and then kind of tell me what you think. Um, because my gut feeling is that the early one was filmed within a year of Bob, not three years later. And that this one was about a year after that and that they weren't when they were sent. I think they were sent long after they were taken the photos or filmed the proof of life. I don't know if this is like a conspiracy theory, but when I wrap up, I'll kind of tell you what I think, which I haven't found a lot of people think what I think. So then Iranian president Mahmoud Ahmadinejad then appeared on Charlie Rose in September 2012 he did not deny that Iran had Levinson in its custody, so backflipping on what they said earlier. Um, and they hinted that there was talks about a prisoner exchange. So no one's getting a straight up answer as to where Bob is, which is usually not the way that these hostage things work. Usually there's constant communication and a, a um, ransom being asked. It's all very strange in Bob's case, which I think plays into what I think happened. Um, he said, quote, um, is there anything that could happen, a trade or something that it could allow him to come back to the United States? And Ahmadinejad responded, I remember that last year Iranian and American intelligence groups had a meeting and I haven't followed up on it. I thought they'd come to some kind of agreement. So everyone's just very laissez-faire about Bob potentially dying in prison. In September 2012, um, Christine Levinson, who is tough as fucking nails, the whole family, and was not giving up like you would for a man that you'd been married to for decades, she attempted to talk with Ahmadinejad during the UN General Assembly, which was held in New York. He would not meet with her, but he told CNN, quote, They told me Levinson was in Iran, and of course the question came up in my mind. What was an American intelligence officer doing in Iran? An individual is lost. How are we supposed to find him among seven billion people spread across the globe? What we can do to assist, help and cooperate, which they have been doing and we have been doing as a humanitarian gesture and action, unquote. So now he's saying, wait a minute, what the fuck was this guy doing in Iran? So again, putting it back on Bob and not helping. On January 8th, 2013, almost six years after Bob vanished, Bob Levinson's family finally released the photos of the orange jumpsuit to the media. So they said they received them in 2011, um, but they hadn't released them because they'd basically been told to stay silent. Um, so basically to get the timeline right for you guys, and I'm sorry, I'm rambling for the person who said that I do. Um, the proof of life video was sent first. It was received in 2011, but it was received in 2010, the end of 2010, but they didn't release it until 2011. Now the orange jumpsuit pictures are released to the media. They were received in April 2012, um, but they weren't released to the media till January 2013. So basically my maths tells me that the proof of life video, if they took the video and immediately sent it, which I don't believe any of these fucks would do um, or tell the truth or do that immediately, if you have to believe that the proof of life video was filmed, sent immediately to the Levinsons, and then the photographs was taken, immediately sent to the Levinsons. It's <clears throat> December 2010 and April 2011. So in the space of five months, he's pretty much lost most of his body weight, grown a massive beard. Now, I want guys to tell me how long it would take to grow a beard the size of bobs in the orange jumpsuit pictures i honestly want someone in patreon to contact me and tell me how long that would take um now on january 8th 2013 the associated press um who really started to turn the screws in regards to the cia constantly denying that bob was working for them they started releasing all of their you know information that they'd accrued on this the associated press reported quote the consensus now among some U.S. officials involved in the case is that despite years of denials, Iran's intelligence service was almost certainly behind the 54-second video and five photographs of Levinson that were emailed anonymously to his family. The tradecraft used to send those items was too good, indicating professional spies were behind them. While everything is dealing... While everything is dealing... Everything dealing with Iraq, Iran is murky... Their conclusion based on the US government's best intelligence analysis. So basically they're saying that the kind of encrypted way, I guess they're probably trying to allude that it was sent to them in email and the quality of the camera and stuff like that indicates that it must have been the government, not some random fucking um, terrorist group keeping him hostage. In January 2013, US Senator Bill Nelson um, 
spoke about Bob Levinson. He said that he believes Bob Levinson was being held in a secret prison in Iran. He said, quote, the door has been closed at every turn. We think he's being held by the government of Iran in a secret prison, unquote. Bear in mind, they had said repeatedly that it wasn't them and they didn't know anything about him. Now, in September 2013, um, Ahmadinejad had been replaced as the Iranian president by a guy called Rouhani. Um, and Christiane Amanpour, who you know, is a journalist from CNN, she interviewed him. She asked him about Bob Levinson and he said, First, you mentioned a person that I've never heard of. Mr. Levinson, we don't know where he is, who he is. Sometimes you are speaking of people who come before a court of trial and other times there are people who disappear. It's not a clear question to put those two categories side by side. He is an American who has disappeared. We have no news of him. We do not know where he is. We are willing to help and all the intelligence services in the region can come together to gather the information about him to find his whereabouts and we're willing to cooperate on that. So new president saying that he doesn't even know who the fuck he is. He's never heard of him in his life. Now, also that month, and this is incredibly important, and it's a fact, um, President Obama was, at many turns, could have got answers for Bob. And this is what people who are invested in this case are enraged about. So Obama met with the new president, um, Rouhani, also that month, which was September 2013. It was only now that the fact that Bob was working for the CIA was publicly disclosed. Now, the Associated Press, as I said, had known for three years at this point that he was working for the CIA, but the government had requested that they hold off on that. Now, when this information was released in 2013, again, the White House denied it. US Secretary of State John Kerry, who's a fucking piece of shit, said, quote, well, there hasn't been progress in the sense that we don't have him back. But to suggest that we've abandoned him or anybody has abandoned has abandoned him is simply incorrect and not helpful. The fact is that I have personally raised the issue, not only at the highest level that I've been involved with, but also through other intermediaries, unquote. So we'll get into what Obama did kind of in a bit, which is a huge issue. So in 2013, the Iranian Minister of Foreign Affairs, his name is Mohammad Javed Zarif, he told CNN, quote, I have not seen anything that could prove that Levinson was ever in Iran. In fact, we have seen evidence he was last seen out alive outside Iran, with pictures showing that he was outside Iran where he was last seen. It's a very unfortunate case. We've said clearly that we have no knowledge of his whereabouts. We need the United States to explain for Iran what a CIA operative was doing if he was ever in Iranian territory, what he was doing in Iranian territory, unquote. So he's passing the buck saying Bob left Iran, which we know from his passport use is not true. He's also turning it back on the United States. And if we did know who he was, who the fuck is he and why was he in our country? So at this point, I guess from guilt, maybe the FBI upped the reward for Bob Levinson to $5 million. In January 2016, um, I guess it was right at the end. Was it? When did? Oh, no. I'm trying to think. Was that the year that... It doesn't really matter that Trump came in. January 2013, a prisoner swapped with Iran. Um, so Iranian prisoners in the US were swapped with four prisoners in Iran in a prisoner swap. Bob's family really thought he would be one of the four Americans released, and he was not. Now, this is true, and he lied about it repeatedly, but we know that it was true, and ultimately he said it was true. The same day as the prisoner swap, Barack Obama sent $1.8 billion, some highball figures indicate $150 billion, to Iran as a thanks for the prisoner swap, which is illegal. Presidents cannot do that. Now, much like the government denying that Bob Levinson worked for them, he also denied that he did this. Ultimately, he admitted it. So they're all fucking liars. And I don't care if you like him. He's still a fucking liar because he's in the government. Now, he could have used that money to kind of um, bribe them into giving Bob back. At no point was Bob's name ever brought up. In February 11th, 2016, the Senate passed a resolution that recognized that Bob Levinson is the longest held U.S. civilian in U.S. history and urged Iran to, quote, act on its promises to assist in his case. Also in this year, the Levinson family filed a lawsuit against Iran. Um, they filed this in the USA, which is the quotes I've been reading from the family and stuff. They all went to, you know, the circuit court in D.C., basically talked about Bob um, to sue Iran. Now, the Department of State, at the same time as this, added their own reward for information on where Bob was, which was $20 million. So between that and the FBI, it's $25 million reward. 
on March 9th, 2020. Um, so time went by and I guess at this point the family really started to think that Bob couldn't be alive because he had diabetes and he looked really bad in the pictures from 2011. Um, March 9th, 2020, this was the 13th anniversary of the abduction of Bob Levinson. The FBI renewed its, quote, repeated calls to Iran to uphold its prior commitments to cooperate and to share information which could lead to Bob's return. To date, the leadership of the government of Iran has fallen far short of any such commitments, unquote. Now, you may remember this, it was just last year, um, and that was when kind of, I guess there was some sort of resolution. Trump was in and he really vowed to get answers for the Levinson family and felt that previous administrations had kind of not only done things illegal, but also fucking just ignored Bob's family. So very, you know, um, last year he got answers from the FBI and CIA that had said that they had intelligence that indicated that Bob was dead. They didn't say where or when he had died. Um, but the family said, quote, we have recently received information from US officials that has led both them and us to conclude that our wonderful husband and father died while in Iranian custody. We don't know when or how he died, only that it was prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, unquote. On December 14th, just last year, so two months ago, um, a senior official in the US government said that they have identified and sanctioned two senior Iranian intelligence officials who were involved in the abduction and quote unquote probable death of Levinson, which when I was researching this, I had not seen that update in December and that just blew my mind. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with them, hopefully bomb them to fucking smithereens, um, but yeah. So I'm going to take you to today and kind of what's happening now. Um, as I said, there was a congressional committee that was held in March 2019 that basically the family chose to sue Iran um, for not having answers for where the fuck Bob was all this time. Um, the family and his wife, Christine, said that Bob had been, quote, left behind, deprioritized or seemingly forgotten by successive US administrations unquote, which is so true. And the thought that to me that Bob was sitting there thinking it any day now, they'll come for me, they'll come for me. America wouldn't just leave me here. Like he said in the proof of life video, 33 years of service must mean something. Well, it doesn't. Um, in October 2020, just a few months ago, in an amazing turn of events, and I don't know if the family will ever get this money, a US judge ordered Iran to pay the family of Bob Levinson $1.45 billion, basically in damages for what they've had to go through since he vanished. Um, Iran did not respond, they still haven't, um, and I really doubt that they'll get that money. Um, I don't know, maybe they could chip into some of the money that Barack Obama sent them. As the previous years, you know, um, they had had the previous year's hearing to sue them and then they had this um, kind of final finding where they ordered them to pay this $1.45 At the previous year's hearing um, against Iran where the family decided to, you know, sue them, his youngest daughter, Samantha, who was 16, when he disappeared, she was the one that he left the voicemail for, and she would now be about 30, um, said she was diagnosed after her dad went missing and now with post-traumatic stress disorder, she has recurring nightmares of seeing her father beheaded, which I kind of had to sit down and think about that because, yeah, um, if you think that they kind of just, when they knocked him off if they did, um, if they did that in a really nice, you know, humane way. Um, I'd really fucking doubt they did because I don't know if any of you have seen it, but there was a, years ago, there was a, I think he was from Jordan, a pilot who crash landed in Afghanistan or Iraq. Um, some terrorist group got hold of him. Um, I've seen the video, as many people have, they put him in a cage, they doused him in petrol, they trailed the petrol out of the cage to a safe distance where they were all standing. They lit a match, threw it in the petrol where they were, went all the way down into the cage and, um, you know, he just burnt alive in the cage screaming. Um, and I wasn't related to him and I've never forgotten that. So I imagine that all of Bob's family, you know, deal with these nightmares every day. 
His youngest son, Douglas, said that he was prone to anxiety, depression and ADD, which I absolutely believe, as, you know, they were the ones that spoke there. Douglas said, quote, I still just want him to be home to be back, unquote. To this day, the US government denies that Bob was ever working for them in any capacity. They all just threw him to the wolves, um, and all research uncovered indicates that he was indeed working for the CIA, but when he was abducted, he probably didn't think that they would not come for him. The FBI director, I don't think he is anymore, I think he was, Chris Ray, told Mr Levinson's family that, quote, the most credible evidence we have collected over the last 13 years points to the fact points to the likelihood that Bob died in captivity, unquote. But he said that at the moment they're still looking for answers. Bob has a ton of grandchildren he has never met. Um, and there is a website for Bob that counts how long Bob has been gone. This is the Help Bob Levinson website run by the family. I decided to screen cap it. Um, and when I went on that page the first time, he was missing for 5,016 days, 19 hours, 40 minutes and 30 seconds, which seems just insurmountable. Now, if you have any tips, leads or information regarding the disappearance of Bob Levinson in Iraq, please contact. I would contact the family because they have it on their website. I wouldn't contact the government. What are they going to do at helpbobblevinson at gmail.com? I guess you're wondering what I think. Um, I believe what most people think. I think that there was no rogue terrorist organization that abducted Bob. I think that the Iranian government was behind it the entire time and every single time they denied knowing him, knowing where he was, they knew exactly where he was. Now, one of the strange things about this is the communications dropped off. Something happened where there was no more negotiation. They never asked for money. They never outlined what they wanted. Something happened after they received the proof of life video and the really terrible photos of Bob where he looks like he's on the verge of death in those jumpsuits. Um, a lot of people believe he lived up to this long. I don't. I think that Bob died um, probably right after the photos of him in the jumpsuit were sent and everything else, you know, um, any kind of communication from the media or the government with Iran, I think they knew the entire time um, that he was gone. I think he probably succumbed to his diabetes. His pallor is really yellow, like his liver's failing or something in the pictures. Um, I believe that Bob really thought that as a consultant for the CIA, um, he was in good hands and he would be fine. I don't know who tipped him off. The government was probably watching him the entire time he was in Kish. Who knows? Maybe the fugitive that he met up with there as his source. Maybe he was the one who handed him in, you know, to get in the Iranian government's good graces. I think that in some capacity, Bob was spying. Um, I don't know what he was doing. Um, I don't think he knew what he was doing. He wasn't an expert in this area. He was an expert in Russia, which is a whole other, you know, kettle of fish. Um, and I just feel for his family so much. I think Bob probably died around 2011, 2012. A lot of people, I never see anyone say that, but just the the timeline and how they suddenly stopped communicating. Um, I, I have a really weird feeling that I haven't seen anyone else say that the proof of life video where he says he was there for three and a half years, I just have a weird feeling that that was filmed two years before that um, and they sent it kind of to make the family think he was still alive and then the photos of him in the orange jumpsuit I have a really weird feeling that they were sent a couple of years before the family they were taken a couple of years before the family received them um and that I think he died and they didn't know what to do so they continued to kind of give them hope um so that there would be no action taking against Iran um knowing that he had been dead you know all these years and that's you know a horrible thought and I'm really interested to know if you guys know the case or decide to look into it what you think what you think happened and when he was gone I think based on his weight loss um in the proof of life video to the orange jumpsuit photos I I I really want someone who's a man who can grow a beard to tell me how long it would take to go from the proof of life video where he barely has a beard to this giant like Merlin beard um, and how what do you think the timeline was. The weird thing about this is that they never really asked for anything which indicates to me that Bob wasn't in custody that long before he died and that's why they eventually dropped off. That's why Dave in the, in the video um, says you never responded, you never told us what you wanted. 
I just think it was all really calculated and they didn't expect to abduct a guy who was in poor health and needed this medication. Um, I don't think he could have lasted long, you know, without it. He could have gone into a diabetic coma. Um, I really doubt that they would have got him medication <laughs> because they probably would have got very little information out of him and very quickly realized that he didn't know a whole lot and just, you know, let him die. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's the case of Bob Levinson. It's a really upsetting case and an interesting one to look into. Um, please don't go to Iran. So I hope that the family ultimately gets answers, but I can guarantee they'll never find his body um, because the way that these fuckheads dispose of these bodies, like Daniel Pearl, who I want to cover at some point, just his head was found, you know, 100 kilometers from his body. Um, they're just barbaric. They're barbarians over there. Um, so the next episode will be patron Melody, who is from Texas and has just kind of experienced the big freeze. If you're in Texas, I feel for you. Um, she had an interesting request. We haven't been there before. It does border a place we have been to before, but it's like chalk and cheese. Um, and yeah, so visit the website at unknownpassagepodcast.com. I'll put up the Bob Levinson website page in the episode's log in the next day or so um, I've told you how to go to Patreon it links through the website, it's really easy um, and any bit helps leave a review if you like the show don't bother venting to me if you don't, um, I was just listening to Bill Burr earlier, um, his podcast and he was saying that somebody wrote a review that said they just couldn't deal, like they, they were reeling after hating his podcast so much and he was like, dude, don't you have any other issues in your life like he's like we're in Iraq for almost three decades now like the entire world's going to shit people are like living in the fucking street and you're like you can't deal you had to like you said you were reeling from listening to this podcast it's true I might play it another time so yeah um interact on patreon and patreon and let me know what you think happened to Bob I guess ultimately the timeline doesn't matter I guess if you don't want to think that he suffered for 10 years which I don't think he lived that long it's easier to think that he died early on. Um, I just think that's the that's the kind of timeline that makes the most sense. So yeah, um, I'll be back next Tuesday with Melody's Patreon location request episode. It is an interesting one. It's another locked up abroad, um, but it's a very different one to Bob Levinson's. So yeah, I'll talk to you then. Bye.